theyeshiva.net. Good morning, everybody. We begin a new Mimer today. If you didn't download your source sheets, please do that now. We begin Teira Er Parshas Boy, the first Mimer of the Balatanya on Parshas Boy, Be'etzem Hayoim Hazah. If you have a Teira Er, Daf Samach Omud Aleph, Samach Column 1, page 118, or you can go to theyeshiva.net and you'll see on the top there's a video called Chasidus Monday, Torah Er Boy, Balatanya Parshas Boy, number 1, and you will see the source sheets that you can download there. There's an icon called Download, or it says View Source Sheets. Depends if you want to view it on your screen or you want to download it as a separate document. Let's begin the new Maimer and welcome everybody, wherever you're joining us. I'm so happy you're here with us on this Monday morning, Heishvat, Tovshin Peyalef, January, what are we, January 18th, 2021. This Maimer, I believe, was said by the Baal HaTanya, by the Alter Rebbe, in the year Tov Kuf Samach Hey, that would be 1805, probably on Shabbos Parshas Boy. It begins with a Pasuk from Parshas Boy. The Pasuk says in Parshas Boy, it's the great moment at last, after 210 years of their stay in Mitzrayim and Egypt, at last the Jewish people have, le- have left. Says the Torah in Parshas Boy, "Vayhi be'etzem ayoyim azeh yotzu kol tzivoyis Hashem me'eretz Mitzrayim." It was be'etzem ayoyim azeh in the midst of this day. This is the day, of course, we call Pesach, the fifteenth day of the Hebrew month of Nisan. That all of the tzivoyis Hashem, all of the troops or all of the legions of Hashem, have left, have departed from the land of Egypt. Hine amru razal. The Gemara says, a Gemara in Brochus, Daflamid al Chana, about Chana. Just want to make sure it's Taka Daflamid. Brochus Lamid Aleph Omid Beis. says about Chana, it's a fascinating Gemara. And let's remember the story of Chana. This is in the beginning of Shmuel. Shmuel Aleph, we have the story of Chana. What's the story? There was a man named Elkanah. Elkanah had a wife, Penina. Penina had many children. Chana did not have any children. And one year, they went to the Mishkan. The Mishkan was in Shiloi. The sanctuary was in Shiloi in Eretz Yisrael. The high God was Eli. And Chana went in after the uh, after the meal. Chana went into the to the Mishkan, and she prayed, and she poured her heart out to Hashem, asking for a child. Eli thought that she was inebriated, the way she was davening, and he tells her, "How long are you going to be drunk?" And Chana says, "No, no, 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 no. I'm not drunk." I'm pouring out my heart before Hashem. I want a child. Eli says, you'll have a child. God should fulfill your requests. And of course, we know the next year, 
she gave birth to a child whom she pledged to dedicate to the work of God, and his name is Shmuel. Shmuel becomes one of the greatest prophets of the Jewish people, the point that the Gemara says on the Pesach, which we say Friday night, that Shmuel has the spiritual equivalence of Moshe and Aaron together. This is what Chana prays for. During this prayer of Chana, and I want to, uh, I would like to read it, I want to just quote the Pesach, just the language of Chana, the language of Chana. Chana is bitter, She's she's distressed. She davens al Hashem. She davens on Hashem to Hashem, and she weeps and she makes a promise. makes a promise. Hashem If you'll see my distress, you'll remember me. You won't forget me, and you'll give me a child. I will dedicate him for Hashem all the days of his life. She calls Hashem Hashem tzvois. So the Gemara says in Masech the Brachas, Daf Lamed Aleph. The Gemara says in Brachas, Daf Lamed Aleph, Miyoyim Shebara HaKadosh Baruch Hu Aseilamoy Loihoya Adam Shakari LaKadosh Baruch Hu Tzvayis At Shabbos Chana. From the day Hashem created His world, there was no human being who called Hashem by the title Tzvayis until Chana comes along. And she says, Shmuel Aleph, Perik Aleph, Posecure Aleph, all Alephs. Samuel 1, chapter 1, verse 11. Aleph, Yud Aleph, Shmuel Aleph, Perik Aleph, Posecure Aleph. And we're learning, we're just learning now in the Maimer Bossi Legani, Perik Yud Aleph, <laughs> about Svayis, which is Pasik Yud Aleph. Chan is the first one to call Hashem Tzvayis. You could read through the whole Chumash. Read through. Hashem has a lot of names. Hashem is called Alekim. Hashem is called Hashem. Hashem elikim yud kevavke. Hashem is called alav dalad nun yud. Hashem is called shin dalad yud. We just had that. Vayeirel avram yitzchak yakov bekeil shin dalad yud ushmi adoy shem yud kevavke leinay daytilahem. And other names. Hashem tells Moshe's name is Eye. Alav hey yud hey. Eye asher Eye. Eke asher Eke. A bunch of different names. Hashem is called Kale, right? Hashem Hashem Kale. Rachem v'chanan erech ha'payim, keil, alef, lamed. Eloika, v'ata yigdal no koyach adne, kashe debarit alemer. I'm just, I'm just giving a few examples of different names throughout Chumash. Never do you have the name Hashem as tzvois. Where does it come up? Not in Chumash. All other names of Hashem are in Chumash, in Torah. Not tzvois. Because we know Hashem has different names. And halachically, there are the seven names of Hashem that you're not allowed to delete, you're not allowed to erase. It's a prohibition to erase because they have a manifestation of divine holiness in the words, in the ink, on the parchment or on the paper that they're written on. Computer is different, as we discussed at length in the Rambam, when we were learning the halachas and hilchis yisoydi ha-terapetik vav. What's the halacha by a computer? 
But these are the names you're not allowed to erase. What about the name Tzvayis? The name Tzvayis is a name that comes up only later in Jewish history. And who is the first one? The Jewish woman named Chana when she's praying for a child. And the Medrash says, this is a Gemara in Brachas, the Flamen Aleph. The Medrash says on this that Hashem tells her, Hashem said, your child is going to begin his prophecy with this name. When Shmuel gives over his prophecy to Shaul HaMelech, he says, Hashem So said Hashem Tzavais. So in other words, Hashem told Hannah, nobody tell you ever called me the name Tzvoyez, you were the first one, and I want to tell you that this child who you're asking for, you're going to have a child, and this child is going to call me Tzvoyez. His He's going to open up his prophecy with Tzvoyez. This is the Medrash Shmuel, Pedic Beis, and this is Shmuel being quoted in Shmuel Aleph, Pedic Tes, Pedic Tes, Pedic Tesvav. Pedic Tesvav, Shmuel is a prophet, Shmuel appointed the first king of the Jewish people called King Saul, King Shaul. And Shmuel communicates a prophecy to the King Shaul. And he says to him, Hashem sent me to anoint you as a king over the Jewish people. This is Shmuel Aleph chapter 15. Now listen to the words of Hashem. So he's using the predictable names. Hashem sent me, Hashem. So said Hashem Tzvois. I remember what Amalek did to the Jewish people when the Jews left, ascended from Egypt, and Amalek, unprovoked, came and attacked the Jewish people. There was no territorial dispute. The Jews weren't even passing by his country. There were no threat at any level, not financial, not military. There was no threat. But Amalek just came to destroy and obliterate the Jewish people out of pure irrational hatred. And he tells Shaul to go fight, combat, and destroy Amalek. This is the first Nevuah of Shmuel. He starts off Hashem Tzvais. His mother is the first one to call Hashem Tzvais. Like mother, like son. Comes the Alter Rebbe and says, Once you come to the later prophets, the early, if you look in the early Svarim of Tanakh, Yeshua Shavtim, you won't find it. You're going to find it in Shmuel. And he, once Chana introduces it, it's used. But especially the later prophets, they use this name in their prophecy. The last prophets of Israel, which are the last books of the 24 Svarim of the Tanakh, until the last one of the prophets, Malach, these are all prophets who lived and functioned and worked and prophesied during the beginning of the era of the second Besamikdash, after which the era of prophecy has come to an end, and the last one of them is Malachi, you, you will per, continuously see in their prophecies the word Svarim. Of course, those of you who say Tehillim, no, Tehillim, which is one of the last Svarim of the Tanakh of Ksuvim, the compilation of poems of ten people, primarily David HaMelech, but other poems as well. And edited, at least according to the Malbim, years later. Edited and finally compiled and canonized. 
there's a different opinions of exactly how the Tehillim was composed to the, in the format that we have it today. But in Tehillim, you'll often have Hashem identified as Tzvayas. We learned a few weeks ago, when was it? Parshas Vayigash. You remember about the, the capital Pei Aleph and Tehillim? Hashem Elohim Tzvayas, Hawawashiveinu. Hashem, Elohim, Tzivais, Hashivenu, restore us. He uses three names. So these, the name Tzivais is a name that we will find frequently in the later prophets, especially Chagas Chayim Alachim. The Kaim alone, now, in the Gemara, Masech Teshvuas, Daf Lamed Hey, there's a huge argument. Does Tzivais make it into the list? Is Tzvayis one of the seven names that you're not allowed to erase? Or we say, no, Tzvayis was added later. It's Machlaikas. Machlaikas Rabbi Yossi and the Rabbana. Rabbi Yossi holds, Tzvayis is a name that refers to the Jewish people. Like we say, Tzvayis Hashem. We are the Tzvayis Hashem. Hashem is called Tzvayis just because he's our protector. He's, our, he's, the, he's the guardian angel of the, of the troops, of the army. It's not one of the names of Hashem that... You cannot erase. The Chachamim disagree. They say, no, it's a name of Hashem. Hashem Tzavais, it's one of his names. What's the halacha? The Kaimelon, the halacha is, at least according to most Paiskim, including the Rambam, the Tzavais, who Hashem is We say that halacha is not like Rebbe, halacha is like the Chachamim, that Tzavais is one of the names that you're not allowed to erase. Again, there's a machlekes about it, it's not so simple. And, and we understand, we, we have here some context, because Tzvayas only comes much later in Jewish history. Why is it not in Torah? But Lahalacha Shvuas, Pedagdalat Shvuas, Lamed Hey, Tzvayas is one of the seven names that you're not allowed to erase. I want to quote you the Gemara. The Gemara Shvuas, Daf Lamed Hey, on the top of Ahmed Bey, Zag the Gemara. The Lach is not like Rabbi Yossi. The Lach is that Tzvayis, you're not allowed to erase, as the Gemara says earlier. The reason I said most Poiskim is because there is a Girsa in the text of the Gemara that Halach is like Rabbi Yossi. But again, most of the Allahic authorities embrace the text text that we have in Gemara. The Allah is not like Rabbi Yossi, and you're not let erase Tzavayis. To understand all of this, because it seems very strange. If Tzavayis is the name of Hashem, why doesn't the Torah present Hashem as the, with this name? All the other names of Hashem, all the other names, you have the name. What are the seven names? You know the seven names that we don't erase. So you have, of course, Yutke Vavke. That's called Shema Mafayush. Yutke Vavke. It's pronounced as Aleph Dalad Nun Yud Adna. You have Kale, Aleph Lamet. You have Eli Kim. You have Yutke. You have Eli Ka. Shin Dalad Yud. And the seventh one is defined as Tzvois. There's another argument about Eya, Aleph, Hey, Yud, Hey, but that's not for now. Rabbi Yossi says, Tzvayis is not part of the list. The Chachamim say it is part of the list. That's the Halacha. But one second, if it's a name of Hashem, so the Torah is the one that it's Hashem's document. That's where he expresses himself. That's where we find out 
what his names are. But the name Tzvayis is not in the title. Why not? Every other name is in the title. There's no name that comes up later in history. Elikim is right in the beginning of Taita, but Tzvayis is the only exception. Chana is the one who introduces it to us. This is the funk, this is the, the theme behind this Maimah. So, of course, we have to discuss what are names. What are names? Al <laughs> is now going to give a moiridik, a gewaldik explanation. What are names? What, what are names? What are the names of Hashem? And those of you who are following the Maimah Basi Lagani that we've been learning each Sunday morning, we already had four shiurim in it. Basi Lagani, Tavshin Chaf Aleph, 1961, that the Lubavitcher Rebbe said Friday night before Baruch before Kegavna, on uh, Yutshvat, Metzah Yutshvat, Tavshin Chaf Aleph, 1961. We have been learning a lot of points that are based on this Maimah and developed. So if you're following this Maimah, you will uh, be familiar with a lot of what we're going to be talking about, which is one of the sugis mesubachas, one of the loaded and complicated sugis in Kabbalah and Exodus. And we're going to base Hashem finish, we're going to base Hashem finish that Maimer Thursday morning. In our regular 7.30, we're going to finish the Basi Lagani. But now, let's focus here on this Nikud. I'm just making that cross-reference, so those of you who are following will realize that will give a, a, a bigger picture with more explanations in this sugi. First, we have to explain what are the names. We also have to explain the uniqueness of the Shem HaMiyuchet, of the designated unique name of Hashem, which is Yudke Vavke, as I said. That's called Shem HaMefeidish, Shem HaMiyuchet. Sometimes it's called Shem HaEtzem. And that's the special name of Hashem that we know as Yudke Vavke. We have to understand that. And then we'll be able to explain what Shem Tzvayis is. So the Alter Rebbe says, in order to appreciate Tzvayis, first we have to give a general introduction. And he begins. It's known that the core and the essence of Hashem is completely Poshut. The word Poshut we usually translate as simple. Here it actually means it's divested, it's poshet. It's divested, it's simple in the sense that it's pure. It's not sophisticated, it's not defined by any attributes or any characteristics. It's poshet, betachlis apshitis. It's absolutely undefined, it's divested from any definition, from any characteristic, from any particular feature. It's beyond any particular feature characteristic. In Hashem's essence, it's inappropriate, it's not applicable to describe any Torah. Torah are features, characteristics, images, which we find that the Torah does use for Hashem, or in the words of the prophets, or in the words of our sages. For example, he's wise, he's pious, he's compassionate, or any other description that we or, or frequently have in, in Torah, and in Tanakh, and in Gemara, and in Medrash, and anywhere else. 
He says, all of these descriptions, Hashem is wise, Hashem is compassionate, Hashem is masterful, Hashem is brilliant, Hashem is this or that or this or that. All of these, all of these definitions, all of these features, as brilliant and as sophisticated and as glorious and as awesome, he says, really, they don't, they don't capture the truth. They're not, they're not really applicable when you're talking about his essence. Why not? Why not? Because Hashem Himself is elevated and exalted and aloof. He uses three terms. From any one of these definitions. Any of these definitions don't articulate, they don't capture, they don't convey the truth. The MS of what you would call Atzmosamohos' essence. Shachach Mishiamaila Shabarishana bin Ivrayim, Hinachshavas Kasiya Gashbas, Lagabimamatmusivatmusisbach. Even Chachma, which by by the created beings is considered the first and highest quality, Chachma is awareness. Chachma is the genesis of awareness, the epiphany of awareness. Chachma is the beginning of identity, the beginning of some awareness, of some experience, of some conception, of some wisdom. That's the first and highest quality in Ivrayim, in created beings. He says even that, like, by Hashem, is considered like, like a physical rock, like, like, physical, like a physical piece of matter, when you're talking about His essence. So, for example, if somebody says, you know, I want to describe to you Hashem. Hashem is a garage. Hashem is a rock. Or Hashem is a brick. Hashem is a pebble. Or Hashem is a bush. Or some other physical item. Hashem is a, is a handkerchief. So you'll say, that, that's that. <laughs> you could say the rock comes, the rock was created by Hashem. Sometimes we'll use that term. Ain't sir kelekeno, right? Ain't sir kelekeno which means there's no rock like Hashem. So we're using, they're called anthropomorphisms, we're using metaphors. So he says, even Chachma, Legabehim, is defined, it's like physical matter. Even Chachma would be like, so to speak, like a creation. It would be like something he creates. The whole idea of awareness and logic and wisdom. The Kol Shekem Hamidis, this is even Chachma, which is transcendent awareness. Certainly Midas, which represents like emotions. Kamaimer, the says in Zayar, the introduction to to Tikuni Zayar, known as Pasacheliyo, the Lav Mikol Ilain Midas Iukla. He himself does not consist of any of these Midas. Ukenoida, and is it no? Va'afal pekein yesh mitzias in yinatayir meilush ba'ol b'tanach b'derachos chazal. So why does the Tanach use them? Why do the sages use them? We have all of these features and descriptions that are described in the Tanakh and in the works of our sages, in the drushes of our sages, of Chazal. So why? They should just say, there's nothing to say. No words can adequately capture who he is. We can't even use the word he, because he sounds like it's not a she. We can't use the word she. We can't even use the word it. Because anything that we talk about in terms of existence, our words already define it in one way or another. And even if you describe to it very aloof qualities and high qualities, even that is already a description that's limited. It's limited based on my vocabulary, and it's limited based on my understanding. And even if I say, 
that I'm going to say words that I don't understand. But nonetheless, what am I really describing? I'm really describing that which I can relate to based on my understanding of reality. So it's already reducing it and filtering it through my prism of awareness, through my prism of identity. And therefore, no tired in the world can really, can really uh, uh, describe it. No feature in the world. You're talking about something that has absolutely no definition. And even the word something is already a failure. But nonetheless, we see in the Tanakh and in Chazal, descriptions. We do call him by names. So the Alter Rebbe says, This is similar to what the Chazal tell us at the end of Masech Megillah. Wherever you see his greatness, you also see his humility. The Gemara brings their, brings their various verses in the Tanakh where Hashem's greatness coexists with his humility. I live on high, and yet I dwell in those who are broken and humble. Where you see his greatness, you see his humility. The Gemara says, This is a, a continuous theme in the Tanakh. Where you see his greatness, you see his humility. Hashem humbles himself. He compresses himself. He, so to speak, channels or identifies within his infinite, undefined essence energy that becomes contained, that becomes somewhat structured or channeled or harnessed via ten vessels known as the ten structures of the world of Atzillus. And they're known as Chesed and Gvura and Tiferes and Netzach and Hoyer and Yisoyed and Malchus. And the first three, Gimel Rishonis, Gimel Rishonis, Achabat, Chachma Binatas. And now, once Hashem, in His great humility, what do we mean by humility? His ability, infinite ability, to be able to compress Himself, to harness, to filter the infinite essence, to be able to be manifested within ten vessels, within ten kalim. Now it's appropriate to ascribe features to him. Now we can define him by different characteristics. Shenikra chachem. You could call Hashem chachem. It's true. It's Because the divine infinite energy has been manifested and enclosed in a quality called chachma. Or kamaymer eliyahu. Elio, Anavi says, this is again a section, the introduction in Tikkun Ezer called Pasach, Elio, Amar, Elio, Anavi opened up his words and said, it's a whole teaching of Elio. So Elio says, Ant Chakim, Some say it Friday before Mincha. Ant Chakim, Pirush, Shemesaper ban Vosnusa, Shemash Belasatz, Melislabesh, Obchines, Kliya Chachma, Imeyosha Chachma, in Arechel of Klal Kanal. He's describing Hashem's humility that he humbles himself to enclose his infinity in a vessel, in a feature, in a characteristic called the vessel of Chachma of wisdom, even though Chachma is completely, infinitely remote and not Be'erech. It has no comparison to who Hashem is in his essence. You can't say that this, this captures him, not at all. Hashem himself is undefined. Elamai, in his humility, the infinity of Hashem is channeled 
through a vessel called Chachma. And then you could say, yeah, this is, this is Chachma. And that's a description of a certain aspect of divine infinity, the way it's expressed in and through Chachma. He humbles himself, then clothes himself with chesed. Then you could call Hashem, Gadol. He's a giant. He's great. Because the word Hagadol is also an inadequate description. What means Gadol? What makes him a Gadol? Once Hashem defines himself, and that's a definition, he defines his infinity in terms of chesed, now you can give the description Hagadol. So when I call Hashem HaGad, or I call him a chassid, I call him a chassid, which is a chassid is, is a, is a pi, the pious one, the kind one. What does David HaMelech say in Tehillim? Shamra nafshiki chassid ani. He calls himself a chassid. But we see in the Tanakh, Hashem is called a chassid, which comes from the word chassid, kindness. So what am I describing? I'm describing something that I can relate to. There's piety in a person, and we say that piety begins with the divine. But that's already my description. So is this true about God, that he's a chassid, that he's a chacham? It's true in the sense that, yeah, there's, a, there's an aspect of divinity, so to speak, that is channeled through chach, through chesed, through chachma. And that's the deeper pshat in the Gemara. Usually we explain where Hashem is great, he's also humble. In other words, there's no hubris. Hashem is great, but he's also humble. Al Rebbe says, no. What the Gemara means is, What you call greatness for him is humility. What you're calling gedula for him is an act of very serious restriction. It's a very, very powerful vart. Usually you learn the Gemara, wherever you see Hashem's greatness, you see His humility. The Gemara says, no. The space that allows you to experience the Gedullah of Hashem, this is the Anava of Hashem. In other words, what you're calling infinity is for Him finite. What you're calling the great, the great infinity of Hashem that's his anovitz because he's mashpil himself and defines himself in a way that you can experience him or you can describe him or you can talk about him. That's your experience of him. That's his ultimate humility, his infinite humility. And then you can call him a gadol. Then you could relate to him as a gadol. You can have some experience. The essence itself is completely aloof. It's completely not captured through any of these descriptions or these experiences. Now we'll be able to understand the concept of names. The names of Hashem, they represent these vessels of the ten spheres of Atzillus. The light of the infinite one is enclosed, is channeled through these structures. And Hashem completely unites and becomes one with these vessels, al as the, as the Kabbalists say in Zayar, the ihu v'garmoihichat. He and his vessels, he and his garments, become one. Hainu, shame, shame, kale, the name kale, I call Hashem kale. 
I call Hashem Elohim. What does this mean? What are these names? Shem Kel is Klei HaChesed. Shem Kel is describing divine infinity channeled through the vessel of kindness. The Pasuk says until him, Kel Chesed Kal Hayayim. Kel is associated with Shem Elohim, Bchines Klei HaGvur. When I say Shem Elohim, I'm describing what? The infinite light being channeled through the vessel called Gvura. Gvura is strength, discipline, structure. Shem Adna, the name Alev Daladunyut, Bchines Malchus, channeled through Malchus. He doesn't go through the list, but you have Elohim as Gvura. You have Tzvois, we'll see later, Netzach and Hoyt. Shin Dalad Yud is Yisoyed. Eye Alev Heyurei is Keser. Elikaz Bina. But generally, Kale is Chesed, Elikim is Gvur, and then he says, Adna is Malchus. Yudke is Chachma. So we just went through from Keser all the way down. Eye is Keser, Yudke is Chachma, Elikaz Bina, uh, Kale is Chesed, Gvur is Elikim. Teferis we'll see in a moment. Netzach and Hoyrat Zvois, Yisaira Shin Dalad Yud, Malchus is Alev Dalad Nun Yud. What's Shem Havaya? Shem Havaya is the Pinimius, it's the inner core of all the names, which are the vessels, which are the containers. Shem Havaya represents the Oirein Saif that's infusing the Keli. Let's take Kale. When I call Hashem Kale, what am I describing? I'm describing the name that captures the vessel of kindness, the container of kindness, the feature, the characteristic, the definition of kindness. But the oir, the light that comes from the infinite to infuse the keli of chesed, that's yud kevavke. Take the second name, alakim. Shabikli hagvura. What does Elikim describe? Elikim describes the structure of divinity as Gvura. Hashem's personality as Gvura. MS, he says, In Elikim, there's Shem Avaya, that's the Oir of Ein Soif, which infuses and is enclosed in the Keli. This is true about all the seven names that you're not allowed to erase. They represent the Kalim, each one a distinct Keli. But But the Oir, which is Ein Soif, that infuses the Keli, that's represented by Shem Havaya. That's why it's called Shem Ha'etzem. And that's identical in all the Kalim. The famous marshal of the paradise for this is, sometimes you'll have water, and you'll put water in a blue bowl, and in a green bowl, and in a red bowl, and in a yellow bowl, and when you look at the water, it looks like yellow water and green water. <laughs> and that's the color that's really coming to your eyes and affecting you. That's the light, the frequency of light that's being absorbed by you. But of course, the water itself is colorless. Or if I can give another metaphor, take electricity. Electricity itself is pure electricity, but the way it's expressed in your laptop is one way. And the way it's expressed in a video camera and in a vacuum cleaner and in a refrigerator, it's the same electricity. But when the refrigerator is plugged into the source of electricity, the electricity is channeled through the container called the refrigerator, and its impact is to keep your food fresh and cold. And when the electricity is being channeled into a laptop, into a computer... 
It's the same electricity, but the keli that absorbs it is a different type of keli, and that affects the impact of the electricity. You get it? And the same is true if you're using the electricity for an air condition, or for a vacuum cleaner, or for a light. It's the same electricity. And when you unplug it, the electricity goes back to its source. I think that may be a very fine metaphor here. Obviously an inadequate metaphor, but, but, but a fine metaphor. The electricity, that's Shem Havaya. That's the Ur, that's the divine light, which is infinite. And it has no definition. It has no, no, no characteristic can define it. In other words, we have to have the humility to understand that our description of reality has much more to do with us than it has to do with reality. I want you to get that. Our description of reality has much more to do with us than it has to do with reality. And this is even true with people. Curiosity and inquisitive is the deepest form of a relationship. Because it's basically the humility that as much as I know of you, there's so much more that I don't know. And all of my descriptions of you is basically more of me describing myself than describing you. And that's really what a name is. What is a name? What does the word name mean? We call a name. Chaim, Yankel, Motl, Chaya, Sprinze, Sada, Avram, Yitzchak, Yossel, Yankel, Chaim Yankel. What's the concept of a name? If you lived for yourself, you didn't need a name. The name is the tool for me to describe you and to reach out to you. But what does a name mean in a more abstract fashion? The name is the way you're known to other people. Because I don't know you, I know your name. And I'm not here talking only the technical name, Chaim Yankel. The name is a concept. It's the way you're known and called and experienced by other people. That's called your name. You say, this person has a good name, a good reputation. What does it mean your reputation? The way you're perceived and experienced by me, which is always based on me, not based on you. I don't know you. I, I, I barely, the same is true with me, myself. Do I really know me? I know my name. <laughs> I know my, myself the way I self-conceptualize the way I process me, that's what I know about me. In other words, even me, I know by a certain name. It's how I process who I am, which is who I am, or it's who I say I am, who I define I am. And if you have severe trauma, what is severe trauma? Severe trauma means your name is completely distorted. You don't even know who you are. You know, you don't have access to, to you have access to a very, very limited aspect of who you are. All of these processes within a person begin in the process of the divine. The moment already Hashem says, I have a name, everything changes, reality changes. This means already that divine absolute infinity is being articulated in a way that can be perceived by others. What that other is? Ooh, there's going to be now an infinite level of worlds and states of consciousness all the way to the high, from the highest to the lowest. And so many different types of names. And then there are those worlds which are traumatized by by shviris hakelim, by, by by breakdowns. That's what we mean by breakdowns, and and they can't even identify who they really are. In other words, the connection is so so remote. That's what's called gullus, psychological gullus. I I hope I hope I hope you're being typhus in the nekuda. It's a deep ideas. That's what a name is. That's what a shame is. So now to use the language of the Alter Rebbe. That's what kalim, what are kalim? Kalim are structures, vessels, containers. They structure the infinite divine energy. They articulate it in a particular way. In other words, they give it a name. <laughs> Kale, Elikim, Adna, Shindaladyud. They give it a name. 
Elika, Eye, different night types of names, different types of structures. But each Kali yeah, is channeling the electricity, the pure electricity, through its features, and therefore they give it a name. But the air itself, the electricity itself, is nameless. That's Yudke Vavke. So Yudke Vavke is the air in each one of the names. This is a famous teaching of the Arizal, that the Yudke Vavke is the air inside the Kalim. The Shemus of the Kalim, and the air is the air which is Pshittis, it's undefined in the Kali. The Kali creates a form, a structure, it gives it a name. Yudke Vavke is the identical name in all of the Kalim. What's the Pnimius of Kale? Yudke Vavke. What's the Pnimius of Elikim? Yudke Vavke. What's the Pnimius of Shindalad? Yudke Vavke. What's the Pnimius of Alev Dalad Nun Yud? Yudke Vavke. That's why it's called the Shem Ha'etzem, the essential flow of infinity that flows through the Kalim. The, so, so the seven names represent the seven kingdoms. This is a famous teaching of the Arizal. The Alter Rebbe discusses it in Torah Er Parshas Noyach. He discusses it in Lakuda Torah Parshas Vayikra. He discusses it in Lakuda Torah Parshas Bahar. <coughs> This brings us into the whole sugya. There's the way the Ram, Reb Moshe Kordavero looks at it, the way the Ariza looks at it, the Balshemtiv's additional explanation in all of this, which we're discussing in Basi Lagani Maimer. But I'm just saying this was a teaching of the Ariza. Ulekach Shema Vaya Mitstanef Im Kol Hashem Is Kamoshe Kasev Beyoyim Asoyis Havaya Lekemayitz V'Shamayim Uksiv Havaya Tzvayis. That's why the name Yudke Vafke will always combine with all the other names. You don't have that with the other names or at least not frequently. Yudke Vavke is combined with all the other names. Right in Bereshit, Hashem Elikim. Or Hashem Tzvayis. Why? Because Yudke Vavke always goes with all the names. Because Yudke Vavke exists in every single name. Yudke Vavke is basically the name that channels the infinite light into the container of the particular vessel. As he puts it here, Yudke Vavke is the intermediary between the absolute undefined nameless light and the light the way it is named because it's channeled through a vessel, through a container, through a structure, and it gets a name. Yudke Vavke is that name which is the intermediary between the undefined infinity and the defined name for Hashem, for that vessel. So Yudke Vavke is always going within other names. Hashem Alekim, Hashem Alekim Tzavayis, Hashem Tzavayis. Always with other names. Why? Because Yudke Vavke is always with other names because every name which represents a Kali has the Ur that's infusing the Kali and that is Yudke Vavke. And the reason he says it's an intermediary because the Ur itself, the Ur itself sounds like it's even beyond Yudke Vavke. <laughs> the way the Ur itself is already coming, the way the water is coming into the vessel, even though the water is colorless, that's Yudke Vavke but it's allowing itself to assume, from my perspective, the color of pink or the color of, of green. So this is a general, brief explanation what Seamus are. Now, this you have to learn and relearn and think about it and, and try, to, try to understand and apply. And in life, this has tremendous application, especially for, the, for relationships. Don't assume you know your spouse or even that you know yourself or you know your child or you know a friend. What I do know is the name 
And even the name itself, I have sometimes a very limited understanding. And that's why humility and curiosity are so important. It's so important to be able to distinguish of my experience of a situation and the situation. My experience of reality and reality. My experience of you and you. My experience of you, as I said, has much more to do with my own experiences than with you. This is where confirmation bias comes in. So this is the humility of growing from the name into a place that's beyond names. But it begins by appreciating the fact that there is a duality. And when I can appreciate that there's a duality, then I can hope to find ways to transcend the duality. But if I don't acknowledge that there's a duality, then I am stuck within a duality thinking that that's the full truth. And then it's the end of real growth. It's the end of real connection. It's the end of real joy, of real delight, of real ecstasy. Comes the Alter Rebbe and continues, the Pasuk says, When Moshe asks Hashem for his name in Parsha Shmois, so he says, my name is Eye, Asher Eye, I will be who I will be. I will be who I will be. Okay. And he says, go tell the Jewish people, Hashem God, the God of your fathers, has sent me to you. This is my name for eternity, and this is the way to remember me for generations. Comes the Zayar and says, Shmi is the numerical value of 350. 350. Shin is 300. Mem is 40. Yud is 50. If you add another 15 Yud K to Shmi, Yud K is one of Hashem's name, Yud K, right? Yud and He. So 15 to 350. What do you have? 365. That's the 365 negative prohibitions in time. Take Zichri. Zichri is Zayin Chaf Reish Yud. So Reish is 200. Chaf is 20. Yud is 10, so it's 230, plus 7 is 237, so Zichri is 237. And add 11, so what do you have? 248. Vav and He, there's Yud K and there's Vav K. Yud K, you add to Shmi and you get the 365 Loisesa. You add Vav K, Vav and He is 11, 6 and 5. You add that to Zichri, which is 237, and you end up with 248. What's the Zaya trying to say? Hashem is telling Moshe his name. So the Zoya says, yeah, but add Yudke and Vavke and you get the mitzvahs. What he's trying to say is that all of the Torah and the mitzvahs, which means there's 248 positive mitzvahs and the 365 negative violations, the blueprint, the map, the roadmap of life articulated in Taita, they are rooted in the name Yudke Vavke, the Yudke and the Vavke. Yudke is 15, Vavke is 11. You add Yudke to Shmi, you have Shasa, and you add Vavke to, to Zichri, and you have Ramach, 248. And generally, Yudke Vavke is Zadatzilis. Zadatzilis means Ze'er Ampen of Atzilis, the small face of Atzilis, which is the usual title for the seven Midas from Chesed to Malchus of Atzilus, which as we said, Yudke Vavke is the Ur in the Midas, the Ur in the name. Ramach Generally, the 248 positive mitzvahs 
branch off, they are a manifestation of the elements of benevolence in Hashem's Midas, and Shasaloisasa from the Gvuras, the structures, the containers, because the mitzvahs essay represent that which we actively engage in. The mitzvahs loisasa are the boundaries, the structures we create in every relationship. There is active engagement of the relationship, of building trust, of reaching out, of love, of benevolence, of generosity. But there's also the loisasa, there's the red lines we don't cross, there is the structure, there's respect for the other. There is the containers, that which I do not do and I don't engage in, that I don't say. That represents gvura. Ubahem in these two facets, chesed and gvura, nechlalem kol prote yadinim de iser vehetir kasher apostol chayavazan. All of the specifics of Torah. All of the specific halachas. For example, Isr Vahetir are all the halachas of things that are forbidden to eat or permitted to eat. Kosher apostle, things that are kosher or not kosher. And that doesn't only apply to food, that applies, let's say, to tefillin. Is this tefillin kosher? Is this sukkah kosher? Is this lulav kosher? Are these Hanukkah candles kosher? Are these Shabbos candles kosher? Or apostle, or it's disqualified. Is this carbon kosher? Chayav Now we go to civil law. Innocent or guilty, or guilty or innocent. These are all the details. He says, Sheheter, it's all branched off from these two dynamics of Hashem's Midas, Chesed and Gvur. Sheheter, Vakashinim Shechubchanas, Chesed is something that's permissible, something that's kosher, something that God says, yes, go for it, engage in it. This is a manifestation of the Chesed. Loisese represents gvur, it represents the zip the structure. This is not good for you. This is not kosher food. This is non-kosher behavior. This is inappropriate behavior. This you contain yourself from engaging in it. That's gvura. And if I do do it, if I do do it, there are consequences. I bring down on the person, on myself, from gvura, and there is lias nanish, there's the penalty. And we remember that Chesed and Gvura all have the oil that channels, that is channeled and infusing the vessels. That's Shem Havaya, Yudke Vavke. Chesed is Kale. Gvura is Elikim. But the Pnimius of it is Shem Havaya. And Hashem is one with the Kalim. Now we can understand why the Torah does not define Hashem by Tzvayas. It was Chana who introduced this name. Why? Moshe merited that the Torah should be given through him. Moshe is the one who embodies this flow of the divinity which is infinite into the vessels of Zah. And that's where Torah comes from. As we said, Torah, Ramach represented by Yudke Vavke, and they're represented by the Midas of Chesed and Gvura, which all the Torah comes from that. So Torah comes from the Kalim of Zahay Rampen, which is infused by the Oirein Saif of Yudke Vavke, which infuses the Kalim. And that's from that state of consciousness. Moshe prophesizes. 
as Rabbeinu Chaim Vital, the great student of the Arizal 16th century great sage from Damascus and Tzvas and back in Damascus, Rabbi Chaim Vital, the chief student of Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, explains in his sefer called Shar Hagdusha, section 3, portal 6. The primary prophecy of Moshe was what's called from Atzillus, even though it was channeled through Bria. Atzillus is the highest world, the highest consciousness, where there is complete oneness. <laughs> Ad the Iu Vigar Moichad Kanal. Mashenkin Bibri Yitzirasia, Ein Hagilui Klal Bahakalim, Velav Iu Vigar Moichad Bohain Kanaida. Moshe Rabbeinu would not articulate the words of the name Tzvayas, and there's a reason for this. And for this, Dalter Rebbe says, we have to understand the differentiation between the world of Atzillus, which we've been talking about, and the next worlds, which are known as Bri Yitzirasia. Very briefly, the word, the word Atsilus is beyond Bria. Bria means creation. Atsilus is beyond Bria. The word Atsilus comes from Parshas Baalaischa. Shem tells Moshe, Vatsalti bin Aruach Asher Alacha. I will emanate from the Spirit on you and I will give it to the Skenim. So Rashi says it's like lighting a candle from another candle. What's the world of Atsilus? The world of Atsilus is the way God's infinite, undefined energy is channeled and contained and harnessed and compressed and articulated within ten vessels known as ten spheres. So that the divine assumes names. That's Atsilis. Atsilis is the first world that creates a relationship, an interface between, interface is the word, between infinity and finitude. Between the divine that's completely transcendent and our world. So that there could be an intimate and internal experience of God. Why? Because God allows himself to be experienced, because he allows himself to be named. That's Atsilis. But in Atsilis, there's complete oneness. In Atsilis is the awareness and the cognizance that everything is an aspect of God's infinity. Even though there are different vessels and ways that it's structured. Then we have the worlds of Bria. Bria is creation, Yitzira, formation, Asiya. These are already a series of states of consciousness where there is an experience of otherness of separation, to the point in the lowest world where there could be an experience of aloneness, I'm alone in the world. And that's where there can be such deep pain and anxiety. I feel abandoned, I feel neglected. In other words, the divine is completely concealed. But Atzillus is called Olam Ha'achtos. It's not even called a Bria. It's not like God creates a world outside of him. Atzillus is the way that God's infinite light is channeled through more finite expressions and structures. So it's the beginning of the names, but Hashem's names apply to Atzillus. Moshe represents this fusion between Oyrein Soif and Kalim of Atzillus, but not Bri Yitzir Asiyah. Bri Yitzir Asiyah already is the world of separateness. Moshe is in the world of oneness. Moshe, that we say Moshe is an Hashem Atzillus. In Moshe there is oneness. Yes, the oneness is channeled through structures. The oneness is channeled through vessels. God is given names. That's what Shemus are. He, art- he allows himself to be articulated in ways that I could connect in a somewhat personalized way. Atzillus is the backdrop for what creation can become. 
because Atzilus already has the features that will allow for the devolution from the higher to the lower. But Atzilus is still a space, a consciousness of what we would call Enoid Movade, complete oneness. Bria is the beginning of a spiritual experience of outside. It's a whole different process. Between Atzilus and Bria, there's a huge gulf. Says the Alter Rebbe, he and his kalim, he and his garments, the word garmoi is like garments, his, his kalim. That's about Atzilus. But Moshe, and Moshe gave Torah. What's Torah? Torah is a taste of Atzilus. And over there, the Ein Soif becomes one with the kalim. Like we said, Havaya is the essence, the pnimius of every kalim, and that's the Shema Etza. But in, in Bri Yitzir you don't say, he and his kalim are one. Here the kalim are, so to speak, experienced as something separate. In Atzillas, what's the definition of the vessels? What's the definition of structures? It's just channels of infinity. It's the way infinity is being expressed through the keli. So in other words, the keli is Osahim. That's why it's Hashem's name. We say it's Hashem's name. When I call you by your name, I'm talking to you. You turn around. When I'm talking about the Kalim of Atzillus, I'm talking about Hashem. I can't reduce him to the Kalim of Atzillus, but I'm talking about him. Because the Kali is completely one with the Ur. The vessel doesn't see itself as anything separate. A classic example in halacha for this that I once heard from the Lubavitcher Rebbe is a Mishnah Mesech the Shabbos, Peri Kamatzni, at Tzadig Gimel. Hamaitzi Oichlin Pachis Mekashir Bekeli, Pater Afala Klim, Nechaklit Feililoi. When you carry on Shabbos, let's say food, is a certain amount of food that makes you liable. If you take out a chalent bean to the public domain, you're not liable. Why? Because it doesn't have a significant measurement of food that makes you liable. So what happens if you take out a chalent bean in a big pot? You don't want to hold the bean. Maybe it's wet, it's dirty, you don't want to hold it. So you take the bean and you put it in a vessel. A big, a big pot, and you take out the pot into the public domain. Why? Because you want to transport the bean. You know what the halach is? You're not liable. You're not allowed to do it. Al but you're not liable. You don't have to bring a carbon. You know why? Because the keli is tuffled to the bean. So you're not taking out the keli. You're taking out the chalun bean. You're just carrying the chalun bean in a vessel. If you take out the pot on its own because you want to transport the pot, then it has a nice measurement. So you're liable. But if you take out the pot, with the chalun being inside, your potter also on the keli. Because the definition of this pot now is that it's a receptacle. It's a vehicle just to carry the chalun bean. And the chalun bean, therefore, redefines the status of the vessel. The vessel is not anymore a self-contained significant vessel. It's just a heksher. It's just a, 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 it's just the vehicle, the mechanism to be able to take out the chalun bean. And the chalun bean itself is not large enough to make you liable on Shabbos. What do we see from here? That halachically, the keli is redefined. You're not taking out a chalun pot, you're taking out a chalun bean. What do you mean? You're taking out a big pot? No, you're taking out a bean. Because the whole purpose, the function, the reizan dietra, and therefore the identity of the keli is what? A facilitator, a vehicle, a, a keli for the chalun bean. Maybe I, maybe I can, we can use, this I heard from the Rebbe as a marshal, of the bitl hakeli, that's an atzilus. The keli is becomes one with the air because the definition of the keli is what I'm a channel for ein Saif. and that's how Moshe lives. What, what's Moshe's life? Moshe's life is there's complete unity in the world. All the structures in life, all the containers in life, 
are channels for infinity. But he sees the infinity in it. The Eir is one with the Keli. So when you speak, that's why it's Hashem's name. When you call Hashem by the name Kale, you're speaking to Hashem. So why are you calling him Kale? Because the Keli is one with the Eir. It's not separate. In Bri Yitzir that doesn't happen. In Bri Yitzir there's divine light. But divine light is infusing realities and perceptions that already experience their own autonomy to some degree. So you don't say, This was the unique contribution of the Nevi'im. The Nevi'im, they are the ones who channel that it should be able to fill and redefine the vessels of B'ri Yitzir which did not exist by Moshe. Who does it? Chana. We'll soon see why Chana. But Chana is the first one who opens up this new channel. She calls Hashem Tzvoyis. Tzvoyis is a different type of name. Of course it's not mentioned in Torah. Tzvoyis is a different type of name. And all the Nevi'im after Chana follow her, beginning with her son Shmuel. So Chana really sets, opens up a new path. Chana creates a new paradigm. It's interesting, and we'll soon see the connection. The Gemara says in Baruchas, that Lamed, Lamed Aleph, that zip code, that most of the main halachas of Tfila we learn from Tfila's Chana. Many of the main halachas of how to daven Shemayin Esri in Shulchan Aruch, from Gemara in Shulchan Aruch, in Rambam, you learn from how Chana prayed. You don't learn it from not Avram's Tfila, Yitzchak's Tfila, Yaakov's Tfila, Rachel Davin, Sara Davin, Rivka Davin. A lot of people Davin, Moshe Davin. But the halachas of Tfila you learn only from a later generation, from Chana, the main halachas of Tfila. What's the Pshat? She'inyin sheim zehu meir alin islapshus eirin soiv bekeilim debri yitzir asiyah. Because Tzvayis is a revolutionary idea. When you call Hashem Tzvayis, you're defining Bria, Yitzira, Asiya. How could that be Hashem's name? When I'm calling you by your name, I'm talking to you. Atzilas, the Kali, becomes Him. God is not a finite. God is not structure. God is infinity. When the structure yields to infinity, when the Kali yields to the Cholent Bean, fine, I could call the Kali the Cholent Bean. But when the keli is separate, that's the chiddush of tzvayis, that Hashem's er ein soiv should be able to become one, even with the kelim in the worlds that are created. In other words, where there is a separateness. That's what tzvayis represents. For why wouldn't Moshe do it? Pashat. A different need, a different vibe. In the days of Moshe, Moshe lived Atzilis. He channeled Atzilis through his prophecy. He gave them the Torah from Atzilis. We explained that the Torah is a manifestation of Atzilis because all the halachas of Torah are chesed and gvura of Atzilis, which has yud kevavke in it, and that's Shmi and zichri. Remember the 365, the 248. And Moshe, the word of Hashem comes through Moshe, and the Jews absorb it and fulfill the Torah. As Jewish history progresses, and in this case digresses, as Jewish history evolves, or in this case devolves, 
And what happens? The Jewish people feel more alienated from the divine plan. And they need the, 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 they need the prophets to motivate them, to inspire them, to invigorate them. But you can't compare the way a Navi speaks to the Jews and other people who rebuke or encourage. When the Navi motivates, it's the word of God that is manifested in the words of the Prophet. So it's the Hashem giving the message to the Jewish people. Sometimes you have a mechiach, a mechiach is a rebuker, a, a pontificator, a teacher who invigorates, motivates. He's, he may be inspired by the word of God, but he's a preacher, he's a mechiach. He rebukes. The Navi is called the Navi Hashem. He says, Koy Amar Hashem. He's a channel for the divine energy. Oh, that's a very different type of thing. You have the speaker who's taking a message, absorbing it and communicating it, even if it's with passion and with gusto. But you have what we spoke about, the Magid's Pshat, the Menagin becomes the Nigin. By the Navi, it's not the Navi speaking to the Jews, it's Hashem speaking to the Jews through the Navi. The Navi is a channel. And that's what the Nevi'im now need to do. Because as long as I'm separate, I can't really touch the soul. Only when I'm a conduit can I really get to your essence. The Navi is a conduit for the divine energy, so it's the divine energy that touches the Jew. And we all know there's two types of teachers. There are teachers where the information gets filtered through their own identity. So what you're getting is the teacher's experience of it. But then you have that unique teacher who becomes an open channel, who gives you access to the source itself. This exists on so many different levels. It depends how much of the ego or the insecurity of the teacher is present in the class. In the most powerful compare, in the most powerful metaphor, in the most powerful expression, is the difference between the Navi and the other one who teaches. The Navi is allowing the divine to come through, and there, that's what makes him a prophet. And therefore, so something had to happen in the time of Chana. The Torah had to go through a transformation. We'll soon see what transformation means. It doesn't mean literally. The Torah has to go through a process to descend from the state of Atzillus into Biyah. So that the Jews should be able to still have that intimate contact with Torah. This is an incredible line of the Alter Rebbe. When the Torah remained in Atzillus, the way it was in the days of Moshe, the Jews living in the times of the prophets, post Moshe, could not really be affected by it. They could not really live it. You know why? It was too aloof. It was too sublime. So the Torah and the person remained separate. You hear? Sometimes the reason I can't access it is because... I'm not there. It's too, it's too high for me. It's true. It's authentic. It's amazing. But it can't become part of me. I can do it like a robot. I can say the words. But it remains separate for me. So what do the Nevi'im have to do? They have to bring the Torah from Atzillus 
into Briyitzirasi. Moshe's Torah is Atzilus. Moshe's Torah is the divine consciousness of Atzilus. If you're ready for that, you don't step away. There's nothing greater than that. That's Dordea, that's the, the generation of Moshe. With all their rebellions, behind all their rebellions was a very powerful state of Olam Atzilus. In another generation, you give me the language of Atzilus and you lost me. Not because it's not true, but because I'm not there. I can hear it, I can implement it, but he says the Torah and the person remain separate. It can't go into me. Why? It's too, it's too remote from my vocabulary, from my consciousness. <laughs> Just the, 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 the Rebbe is describing something has to happen. So the Torah now has to be manifested. It has to be enclosed from Atzilus. It has to descend into B'riyav and Nimshuk Shom Dvar Hashem B'fiyah Novi L'Azad is no Shekhamotem. Now the word of Hashem could be channeled through the Novi and reach the Jewish soul. And the Hashem should speak to him because the Hashem of Atzilus can speak to him. He remains separate. He remains un, untouched, unmoved. And even if he's moved, it doesn't become him. The Torah has to go down. And now the Novi could channel the Dvar Hashem. If the Navi was just saying words, or the Navi was just processing his own information, fine. At least the Navi gets it. But the Navi has to be the channel for the divine energy to enter the Jewish soul. So the Torah has to go through this process. So now, the message, the inspiration, the toichich, the rebuke, can reach them from the word of Hashem, Mamish, which is enclosed in the kalim of Bri Yitzir and not Atzilus. And from the kalim of Biyah, it can go to the mouth of the Navi, which becomes a channel for the Jewish people. Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah was Atzilus. The nevuah of the other Nevi'im was already the nevuah that was channeled through Bri Yitzir What's the, the Torah Natsilis is a state of consciousness of oneness. Now, if I say, I'm going to wait till you get there, I'm going to lose you. The question is, can God touch you where you are? Can I bring the light, the pure light of oneness where you are? That was what the Nevi'im did. And who's the first one to do it? Chana. Takes a woman to make such a revolution. She introduces Tzvayas and her son Shmuel Hanavi. Chana was also a prophet. Shmuel Hanavi will begin his Nevu with Tzvayas. And we'll soon see how this connects to Moshe Rabbeinu's own struggle when the women brought the mirrors which are called Maris Hatzvayas. But that will leave for the next class which will be Wednesday morning, 7.30. Schedule, tomorrow morning, Tuesday 9.45 we have our women's class streamed here on the yeshiva.net. Wednesday morning, we continue this Mimer, 7.30 Wednesday morning. Thursday morning, I hope to continue and conclude Basi Lagani 1961. Metzai Shabbos will have a big live Fabrengen, Amalava Malk, in honor of Yutzvat, the yard site of the Rebbe Rayats, in the year 1950, 70, 71st yard site. That will be in the tent on 24 Shea with hot food and live music. It'll be Bezer Hashem, a beautiful. Malava Malka and Fabrengen. It will also be streamed live on the yeshiva.net. And those, of course, um, who come, make sure to follow the guides of your, the, the guidance of your health officials. But it's going to be Mitzay Shabbos in the tent, 8 o'clock p.m. Yutshvat, everybody is invited. Please share it with your friends who live in the community or live nearby. The live stream will begin 8.30 Mitzay Shabbos. Let me take some questions if there are. 
Question number one. The mitzvahs are say that is what we do. The mitzvahs are say is what we don't do. <laughs> That's why these are associated with chesed and gvura. What actually happened in the times of Chana that brought about this change? Very good question. So let's, uh, let's uh, keep that for the next year. What happened in the times of Chana? Generally, the Alter Rebbe just says here very specifically that there was a sense of alienation. There was, there was a sense of alienation. So now you've got to bring the word of God into Bria. If you stay in Atzillus, you lose me. You have to take, but what does it mean to take the, to bring the word of God into Bria? It's not just repeating the words. You have to create Tzvayis. Now this is a Meiridik Echidish. I'm going to say it in Isis of Chsidis. Ihu vegarmai chad is atzilus. He and the kalim are one. You, you, you have to understand this. This is deep. When I call Hashem a name, Elikim, I'm not talking to Gvura. I'm talking to Hashem. <laughs> the word Hashem means a name. So I'm talking to the Rebbeinu Shalaylam, to, 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 to the essence. A love Elaylam. I'm talking to him. But in Atzillus, he becomes one with the Kali. Back to my Chalun bean metaphor. The Kali is just a channel for infinity. In Bria, you don't say that. In Bria, the Kali is a Kali. So when, you, when, you, when you're speaking to the Kali, you're speaking to a Kali, not to Hashem. But if the Torah wouldn't come down into the world of Bria, Hashem can't reach them. So this was the revolution of Tzvayas. Next question. Okay, there's some interesting comments and insights on the Maimer that somebody put into the comments on the yeshiva.net. You may want to follow them. In the meantime, I wish you a beautiful week and a beautiful and inspiring day. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.